everyone, and welcome down to episode 91 of the Down South Photo Show with me, Brendan Waits, here in Ocean Grove, Victoria, Australia. And the dude on the other, I did it again, dude, on the other screen mm. or in your other ear if you are listening to the show, it's Cam Blake in Hobart, Tasmania, Australia. Hello, Cameron. Hello, Brendan. How are you on this wonderful spring-like, uh, what are we, Thursday night? It's like spring it's, down here today. might be spring where you are. It is persistently coming down as we speak really? here in Ocean Grove. It is pouring rain. What's going, and, what's uh, going on down there? It ruined my plans to get back on the push bike tonight, but never mind. That can wait another uh, couple of days. Um, you know, well, it's been, um, It's we've had a little bit of rain today, but it's actually quite mild outside. Like I walked out come in the office. I'm looking at the radar now. You are getting smashed. It's red on the radar there. It's rainy, rainy, rainy sun. Yeah, but I'm good. Uh, yeah, well, everything's going well down here in beautiful old Tasmania. Well, it's just, just going back to the weather. Uh, yesterday morning, my neck of the woods recorded the coldest uh, winter morning for like seven years or something. It was uh, here on the coast. It was like 1.4 degrees, which yeah. everyone's like Crimea River, whatever. It snows where I live. But on the coast, it's rare to get that low a temperature and a little bit of frost. Near, near the water, yeah. Um, I saw Ballarat had minus 4.9 or something the oh. other day. I saw a grass <laughs> monkey looking for a welder in Ballarat. <laughs> Ballarat's good for one thing, and that's cold. It doesn't – yeah, I went through – I think I went through Ballarat the other day on the way to the Flinders with Five Star Dan, mm-hmm. and we stopped for, you know, the – uh required egg, egg uh, bacon and egg muffin. Yeah. And it was colder than a witch's tit there. I'm like, this it is ridiculous. Is, it so, is cold. It yeah. Is so um, charity in Ballarat. But I didn't realize Ballarat had a bit of altitude to it as well. It does. Like it's, it's, actually, the, yeah, it's, um, eight, it's like 700 meters or 600 meters above, isn't it? Yeah. What's it called? The, the, the region, it's something, the, is it the Western Highlands or something like that? I think it's called. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I lived in Ballarat for a couple of years, and um, I want those couple of years back. Thank you. <laughs> oh, uh, get a shout out to all the people in Ballarat listening. Oh, they get it. They get it. People who live in people who live in Ballarat are very stoic. <laughs> they 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 get it. I don't know right. why they live in Ballarat. Why the hell would you? But anyway, it's another story. Yeah. Um, a little bit of uh, housekeeping as usual. Uh, thank yes. you to everyone for subscribing, liking the channel, following us here on the Down South Photo Show. We really do appreciate it. Thanks to everyone Absolutely. who has visited dsps.com.au. We get a lot of visitors to that website now. It's great. Good to see. Don't, so, ask, don't ask me how many people go there. I haven't looked. I won't be asking you oh. that. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, well in excess of 600 subscribers on the YouTubes, which is awesome, mm. and thousands mm. of downloads on the audio podcast. So thank you very much. The August Photo Comp. The theme is color. Um, we have had 42 entries so far, which is pretty awesome. So if you've got mm, a land, preferably landscape image, but hey, try us out, uh, image <laughs> to enter in our color themed uh, competition for August, please go ahead and hit us up on our Facebook page. That's where you can yeah. enter that. Now, last week you said, oh, I've got a, an idea of what someone's going to post. You're sort of looking, yeah. you said you're looking for a style of shot and color. Have you seen it yet? No. Oh, okay. Not that I'm preempting anything, but there, I, no, I, no, thought, just... I thought someone might. But anyway, I'll tell. I'll, yeah. All will be revealed when we. Yeah. When well, we you've got um, you've got just under two weeks left as of today. So by the time this comes out, you've got about a week and a half to get your entries in, um, and then we'll announce the winner. Probably in what three episodes' time? I think that'd be roughly. Something like that. Yeah, the episodes are flying by, as is the year. My goodness, uh, we have two weeks of winter left. We're done with winter down here. It's crazy, isn't it? Two weeks. I mean, yeah, anyway, it's a great time of year. The reason I love this time of year from a photography point of view is because the days, uh, you can see it getting, the days getting longer and longer. And and I I measure it by when I close the shop up at five o'clock and it's just that little bit brighter. Yes, I can now go and shoot the sunset, and then before yep. we know it, daylight savings is going to kick in for us here in Victoria and Tasmania. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, we're away. It's great. I love it. Oh, I was talking to someone the other day. I can't remember who it was about. Um, I might have been Chelsea, maybe about daylight savings. Hi, Chelsea. Hi, Chelsea. Um, the best thing about uh, this time of year is is when you're watching the footy, and um, and you just see like that beautiful MCG bathed in sunlight with a, you know, it's 20 degrees at the MCG today. You're like, that's spring. We're here. That's right. We're kicking. Yeah. And then, then it pours yeah. down rain like the next day. So, yeah, that's right. No, the old, um, but it is. Uh, it's a good time of year. The footy finals are around the corner. Um, Indeed. Backgrounds. Uh, please, Cameron, 
tell us about uh, all about your beautiful background today. I, I shall go first. Um, this is a beautiful old King Billy pine. Uh, based on the size of it, I'm going to say it's pushing, oh, maybe sort of close to a thousand years old. This tree, probably seven fifty to a thousand years old. Um, it was in the forest on the King Billy Walk, uh, which is up at Cradle Mountain, on our recent Cradle Mountain workshop, but. Um, we were practicing sun stars and getting the sun stars coming through the forest. And because in the forest shots, you know, the sky is not really going to do much for you because it's usually blown out, but you can create some interest uh, by shooting a small aperture hole, something like an F11 or F16 works generally pretty well to create that little sun star. So uh, I took this shot as a bit of an example and then it actually worked out pretty well, but I've had a few comments about the sun star that it looks quite unique and um, it's sort of got like streaks as opposed to sort of, I guess, like rays coming through. But um, I think it's the lens I was using. It was like an 18mm lens. Um, I think it's just the coatings on the, the lens have given it a really cool effect. Uh, but minimal photoshopping or light rooming on that, just um, just getting the exposure right. And um, yeah, I like it. It looks pretty cool. I like so I thought it too. I'd use it as um, my background. It, now, is it a myth or, or am I right in saying that you can count the streaks and see what aperture you shot at? Oh, I've, I've heard of Is this that... before. If you shoot, I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I could be wrong. It's something way back in the recesses of this brain that retains useless information. But I, yeah. I, I read so maybe it might not be with hmm. the sun. It probably would be, but like street lights and stuff. If you count yeah. the count the fronds, <laughs> uh, you should be able to work out within reason what aperture that yeah. was shot at. So, um, yeah, I'm let's go with that. Yeah, yeah. Why not? It sounds good, doesn't it? Let's just make crap hey, up like we do we, here. We've been we've Polish. been bullshitting our way through the last ninety episodes, <laughs> so why not stop? Why stop there? Yeah, why um, stop at ninety one? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you might be onto a winner there, mate. I don't know. Well, wouldn't it wouldn't it make sense? Well, no. I well, I thought it I had know. something to do with the blades of the actual aperture mechanism itself. But anyway, yeah. it doesn't matter. We'll, we'll we'll break that down in another episode and completely bust. That I would su- I would suggest if I was going to have a guess, it'd be something to do with the elements in the lens. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, it could be too. Yes. Maybe yes. it's the maybe the amount of elements in the lens is how many streaks you get, or a combination. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. We'll have to. If anyone knows the answer to that, if, um, if you know the answers, please by all means comment. If you, if you would like to run the show and educate us, <laughs> that's feel free. right. Exactly. Hey, we're yeah. all learning here. I like it. Um, should we talk about my background? Absolutely. Go for it. Uh, this is uh, boring Ocean Grove Beach. So, what are we doing on tonight's show? <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I like the streaks okay. in the water, though. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, that's um, using motion blur in Photoshop to achieve that. Oh, you cheating bastard! <laughs> yeah, I know, aren't I? Just horrible. What a what a loser! Uh, I don't know. This is a shot it's I just... dug up. Do you remember a few episodes ago we talked about going back into your hard drive and finding old photos? Yes, that, yes, that's yes. One from about four years ago. And yep. I panned my camera to the right about whoa, 30 degrees and got right. one of my best-selling Ocean Grove images, um, the very next frame. But this frame, I kind of liked it, but the water was so boring that I decided to muck around with it. And that's what I got. So I like it. Um, At least you yeah. owned up to the fact that you cheated. Oh, I do it all. It's, it's so funny because like people... Because people, like, as you know, I have my kangaroo shot, which were happy birthday kangaroo shot, turned 25 this week. Um, And, you know, people always ask me if that's photoshopped and I say no. Well, I've got to be just as honest when I do Photoshop stuff, right? So if people ask me, hey, is that real? It's like, well, yes, Uh but it's got a filter on it. I know what that's called. That's called integrity. Thank you. God, <laughs> never accuse me of carrying integrity, Cameron, please. <laughs> well, there's a lot of people that would just put up that shot and go, oh, yeah, that's just how I did it. Yeah. Uh, no. And if anyone with any idea, who, well, for those of you who can't see it, if you look right close to the horizon, none of those ripples are blurred. No. So, yeah, it's kind of. Yeah. But that's because you have. That's because the Earth's flat, you know. Like it doesn't. Oh, that's right, rip. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't yeah. the motion blur doesn't carry that far out along the flat horizon? Yeah. Now, what's when when you get past the um, Australia's uh, international waters, the time <laughs> time is different. Well, that's maybe. What it is. Yeah. Right. Anyway, that's bizarre. Anyway, uh, what what, yes. what are we um what are we talking about on the episode? I know what we're talking about. We're talking about rules. I don't know. You put up a whole heap of stuff here. A hot, so. a hot topic at the moment is rules. So um, we're mm, going to talk about not, the rules uh, of photography. Yeah. Okay. All right. And so 
the uh, to sort of um demystify rules i guess um debunk rules definitely okay um and wouldn't you know it you've got a prime example right over your shoulder right there oh this one yes when i was young which is uh, for anyone playing along at home well into last century uh and i first picked up a camera one of the rules that used to echo around my head was never take photos directly into the sun yep. or mm. with the sun you know facing towards the sun always have this i think for some reason this rings a bell have the sun over your left shoulder why the hell would it be right. your left shoulder <laughs> <laughs> well what so if you're right-handed you're stuffed then aren't you? that's right, um, exactly but uh, yeah, that seems yeah. to ring true with me that you know i was told and and i think it does ring true okay back in the day when you had a flash that would fire and throw three feet, you didn't want yeah. to have silhouettes, and you, and and I yeah, get that. Yeah. And when you got people in your frame, sure, yeah. But this whole thing of don't take photos directly into the sun. Let's debunk I think, that. Well, I think you've just raised a really interesting point. I, I think Without a lot of these rules, well, most of these points we don't know, but I think a lot of these rules are, are not necessarily created for landscape photography. Right. I think a lot. I think a lot. Exactly what you said there with portrait photography and. And stuff like that. A lot of these rules, I think, were made for portrait photography and maybe some wedding photography and all that kind of stuff. Um, shooting into the sun, the, I'm the I'm the same. I remember learning about that and hearing about that and working at camera shops. They're like, "Oh, don't ever shoot into the sun." Um, but yeah, it's definitely something I not. You don't do it all the time, and you're not looking to shoot directly straight into the ball of flames into the sky. But what you're wanting to do, like I've done in my photo here, you can actually use that sun and, and create some interesting um, sort of designs in your shots. The other thing you can also do is, you know, I could have hit this sun behind one of the tree trunks and had the glow sort of coming out around the tree trunks, which is also something that's really cool. Um, I think maybe one of the reasons why people said don't shoot into the sun uh, based on the fact that everything was filmed when these rules were made is that exposing for that kind of stuff is a nightmare. So you know, there's a lot of adjusting and exposure you've got to do if you're going to use the sun so prominently in your shot with a bright sun star or, you know, behind a trunk and creating a glow. You've got to either, you know, create that silhouette or you've got to expose or overexpose. So I think I think it's a bit like every other rule in photography. Keep, a, keep an eye on it, but don't necessarily live by it. I think if there's a yeah. shot that can be taken, then, and if you can be creative enough, then absolutely. That's, that's, that's sort of what... Yeah, yeah, that would be a blanket comment for pretty much all our rule, rules mm. in inverted commas because, um, you know, I, I've always been with photography. I think those rules sort of hang in your brain and it's like if you remember we talked about photographer's block, sometimes falling mm. back to the basics, which is some yep. of the rules are about, which we'll talk, we'll talk about a few more rules in a sec. Sometimes they can help you. They can be a bit of a rock. It's like, okay, yep. my composition, what the hell am I doing? Let's go back to these so-called rules and start there. Yeah. And then yeah. you've got a foundation to yeah. shoot from. And then you've got that ability to twist the rules and start to break yeah. a few rules. Hey, what does it look like when the sun's not obscured by that tree trunk? Yeah. And what kind of technique can I employ here? This is where I love the minutiae of all photography, but particularly landscape. And yeah. that is the tweaks and yeah. the infinite number of, mm. of tweaks you can make to your image yeah. by bending the rules. Yeah. So I reckon as well, a lot of the rules, like if you were teaching someone brand new to photography, you wouldn't go up to them and say, hey, right, we're in a forest, go shoot straight into that sun. That's right. Like you, you wouldn't, these are the rules that I think a lot of the rules of photography like we're going to go through are all sort of, like you said, the starting off rules that you want to get a grasp on what you can and can't do, what works and can't work. And then, you know, you bend those rules a bit or, you, you know, you get really close to the edge of those rules. So, yeah, you wouldn't definitely say to a newbie, hey, make sure every shot you do in landscape, you're shooting into the sun. No, that's but right. You was, but you were certainly advised, you know what, if you see a shot that the sun's creating some interesting light coming through a, a canopy or reflecting off a water or sort of hidden, hidden behind a mountain, then by all means start to incorporate that in your shots. But, yeah, you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't go out there off the bat saying, "Hey, let's just shoot straight at uh, the big yeah. star in the sky." There, yeah. and as I say, the rules can become more of a safety net when you are battling yeah. and you're trying to yes. get it right. Um, Absolutely, yeah. The big the big one though, and I'm sure, well, most people who listen to this show would know or would have heard of the rule of thirds. Um, yep. 
basically, uh, if you've got your image and you draw a, I, I, I call it noughts and crosses board or a tic-tac-toe board mm. on yep. your on your frame in your mind, it's where those yep. lines intersect. So in my case, it'd be like here and like here. So pretty much where my horizon is, what do you know? Yep. And pretty yep. much where the top of the stairs are there, surprise, surprise. Um, it's good to have points of interest where those lines intersect. And in the case of yep. my photo, I'll just cover that up. You can see the yellow sign there pretty much happens to be right where those lines would intersect. So that yep. can generally speaking, as a rule, uh, give your image a little bit more um, interest. So, yeah. do you do you consciously use the rule of thirds, Cam? Um, I have it. I have the grid on my screen, um, yep. but I think it just becomes a bit of sort of second nature now. Where you know you just don't want. Although I find like the horizon in the middle, like we always have a bit of a piss take at horizons in the middle and going yep. downhill and stuff like that. Yep. But sometimes that that can work, and and so again, it's a rule that I'm aware of. Um, but it's a rule I'm also quite happy to break if if yeah. the requirement is there. Um, I think one of the biggest things I come across with teaching the rule of thirds is, you know, you've got the, the horizon on the top or bottom third. You've got interest, interest stuff on the left and right sort of thirds. Um, a lot of people ask, okay, well, do I have to put exactly on that line? Does it have to be right on that line? Like, is there is there some sort of scientific reason why I have to do it? And the answer is no, but what you want to do is try and keep the interests on those intersecting points. You know, for example, in your shot there over your, where the little the yellow sign is, that's on the left or right-hand side, whichever one it is. Um, it's, you know, that's sort of on the intersecting bottom sort of third corner, I guess you could say, um, you know, and then you, you know, you could say on the opposite corner, you could have the sun setting there in, in that corner as well. So a lot of people, I think, get the rule of thirds and I definitely subconsciously use it a lot. Uh, but the question I get asked a lot, is how anal do you have to be about getting things on all those 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 sections? And yeah. my advice is, you know, keep it in mind. It doesn't have to be precise. I see people sitting at a shot for 10 minutes just trying to get that horizon perfectly <laughs> on the line on their screen. It's like, dude, don't worry about it. You're missing yeah. all this light. Get the shot. You can always crop it to be a bit like that as well. Yeah. Um, and, and, I, and I, I think, think that's, that's where the, yeah. the better rule breakers uh, form. Sorry to cut you off there. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's where the better, the better photographers are rule breakers in so far as particularly with the rule of thirds near enough yeah. is good enough. Um, yeah. I, I like a little bit of chaos in the image. It's, yeah. You know, I mean, you could argue where you've placed the sun in your image is Mm. is off it's not quite yeah. in that spot but the yeah. rays that are heading towards the center of the frame sort of cover up the fact that it's not exactly on where it is but yeah. it's not far off it so yeah. i find um and particularly because we're landscape photographers right and nine times out of ten it's a purely natural scene mm. there's chaos there. there there's no yeah. order there and you're trying to pluck a bit of order out that pleases yeah. the human eye yeah. Um, and that that rarely works because it looks forced. It's better to let the subjects fall where they lie. Yeah, I, I agree. Like you can you could dance around this shot of mine for an hour trying to get it perfectly lined up. Yeah, uh, and and you just won't. It just won't. Which time the so sun's set? <laughs> the sun's moved, and it actually it did in this shot. The sun moved. You know, within the first few or four four or five minutes, I was there. It was behind another tree, so yeah. I had to keep I had to keep moving my tripod around to still get that direct sunlight coming through. Um, but yeah, I, I think the rule of thirds is an important one and um, especially with compositions. And, you know, that's one of the big things that people struggle with a lot is compositions. Um, I think if you can start nailing down your understanding of the rule of thirds and really just see a shot straight away and go, oh yeah, that's got to be a bit more higher or lower or to the left or to the right. I think when you start doing that, you know, it becomes less of a problem and then you can concentrate on the next step that you're doing in your shot. So but again, you know, if you've got a perfect reflection, like on Lake Tyrrell at our upcoming Murray Melly workshop, Very and neat. it's absolutely stunning if we're doing something, the sunset, or there's a beautiful reflection, then yeah, you might cut the scene straight in half. Yeah, you know? that's right. Because uh -huh. in that case, the reflection is the hero. So that's right. yeah. there's no point, you know, having more or less sky. And in fact, you might even go the other way and have more foreground. But that's right. Um, yeah. yeah. And it depends on the hero in your scene, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. A, a lot of the time. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, thank goodness we're not a portrait photography um, show, Cam, because then we'd have to start talking about Fibonacci swirls. Mm -hmm. And the, uh, what is it? The circle of influence. 
There's something. There's another one, isn't there? Circle of influence. A circle of influence. I don't know if I've know if I know that. I probably have heard circle. that one, but I don't shoot. There's one. There's one that looks like a snail, not like a. Yeah, snail no, that's the shell. that's the that's the Fibonacci, uh, which is All a right. mathematical I... equation, that um right. yeah that apparently yeah. Uh, portrait photographers use uh, to get everything right with their portrait. But I do See, not this, have this... the patience for that. Yeah, this is the thing I think with photography and and. When you come down to framing up images, you know, there's so many wanky rules around it. And you know, I can't even say that one you did. Um, but I think if you practice your shots enough, it really should become second nature as to how you frame things up. Like it shouldn't be something you're sitting there for an hour trying to figure out exactly how you frame up that shot. Like it, it really should just sort of come off the screen at you and look look balanced and look natural. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's yeah. it's amazing how many it's amazing how many times you you look at people's photos, and I'm like, oh, maybe if you just move that up or down a bit, and they're like, oh, okay, and straight away they're like, oh yeah, I see it now. Like it yeah. it, it pops off the screen when it's sort of almost like it's almost like the uh, circle into the circle hole. It just fits, yeah. and then it, it makes it work. So okay, so you you used a word there that um, I use all the time on my workshops, particularly my landscapes and seascapes workshop. Wanky. Yes, all the time, particularly <laughs> when you come up. No, um, when we're talking, when we're talking balance, um, yeah. I think that's crucial to a landscape yeah. photo is balance. So it's yeah. the yin and the yang. You've got something up here. Well, it needs to be balanced by whatever's down here. Now, yeah. sometimes, and I think one of the biggest ones that's overlooked is negative space, where yeah. the emptiness actually creates the balance against yeah. the main subject. So you might be shooting one particular subject um, and neither of our photos are a good example of this, but I've, I've got a photo of a, of a surf life-saving flag on the beach where it's literally yeah. just the flag and the rest is, there's a whole heap of nothing in that photo. Um, Except there's, a, there's an awesome storm in the background. There. There, there's clouds and that sort of stuff, but that, that yeah. it, it's such a grand yeah. landscape that it creates That's right. that negative space. Um, yeah. and, and keeps the attention firmly honed on the surf life-saving flag. So yeah, um, I think that that sort of stuff really works. So, so well, we, it's funny you say, cause we did a fair bit of that when I did my Olympus days in Melbourne uh, the other week, when we did street photography, we actually did a fair bit of that using negative space to our advantage. Mm. Um, and I'll try and see if I can put it up on the screen here now. I was just, there was people in the city. There was people in the city all the time. It was really cool. And the well, city's you, great. You know, spot. I'm just going to edit it right into the image right here. So, we oh, can, there you go. I'm going to do it. Oh, anyway. you can use it as your background. Why not? So, yeah, there, like just that guy was standing there with his coffee and he's, I think he had a smoke in his mobile phone. But like I could have put him straight in the middle of the scene, but just off to the side with all that beautiful sort of texture on the wall, like it just, helps like there's nothing there to give any interest apart from the fact that there's nothing there for interest yeah um so it sort of works so yeah. you know you could do that with a tree or you know like you said you could do it with many different things to create Ooh, that, that negative space flag right there so that's that's the image i was talking about as well um showing off too, eh? <clears throat> well i've just changed my background so right. so sorry I'm for people like... listening tonight they're getting well and truly ripped off <laughs> you're just yeah. going to have to jump on the youtube channel and have a look folks i'm going but... to change mine over that's right. Yeah. Look at that. But, but yeah, like a negative space is is a really cool thing. Um, and I find negative space works for me. It's almost like a little light bulb goes on. I'll, I'll be looking at a scene. I'll be like, oh, this is just not working. What's not working? And what's not working is the fact that I haven't realized that the negative space is working. Yes. Like you, you look you look at it and you go, I've got to do something with this shot. I've got to fill it up. I've got to do something. Then all of a sudden you go, no, I don't. I can actually just put that one thing in there. And everything else can just work its magic in negative space. Yeah. So yeah, it's and, a very is, it's a very important one. I I completely concur. And what I really enjoy doing when I've got photographers block, which happens regularly, um, is let's say, and I'm kind of clutching for an idea here, but let, let let's say it's a tree, a singular tree in a paddock or something like that. We've got some yeah. ripping single trees in paddocks on the Ballerine Peninsula, just by the way. Uh, I've logged about three of them that I'm keen to go and photograph at some point, but never have. And that is that you get that low angle to yep. attract the negative space against the sky. Um, yep. Because if you don't get this background separation, it gets messy. So you yep. might have the horizon line intersecting with your subject, like the beach flag mm -hmm. is here. Yes. Yep. But if that's a big fat old tree, it ain't going to work as well. 
This yeah. is really subtle here. Like that little cross where the horizon crosses the pole. That's mm. that works for that. But if you've got a big tree that's sort of obscuring it, the horizon runs into mm. it. It looks a bit weird. Um, or if the horizon is like touching the bottom of that flag, it would be crap. Yeah, exactly. And we, we've yeah. talked about this before as well. Um, was it one of your Cradle Mountain, your Dove Lake shots? And and you were telling me how you literally had to just move your tripod like an mm. inch taller. And it just yeah. gave you that tiny bit of separation between the foreground oh, I mean, the, rock. the rocks, the rocks in yeah, the background. And yeah. And the, the reflection. Right. Yeah. 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 So that, yeah, that sort I think, of stuff. I think something that a lot of people don't do with their landscape photography is I, I think, I, I don't know. I, I think it's just an experience thing, but a lot of people just don't look at their image. Like they just set the camera up. They go, oh yeah, there's a mountain there. There's a tree there. Snap. But they don't actually look at all the elements in their shot. Yeah, uh, or very rarely do I do I see it. The people that have been shooting for a while, the people that have a really good eye, they line everything else up. But a lot of people just go, okay, that's a nice scene, snap. And then they go, Cam, what do you think of this? And it's like, okay, well, you've got some really nice elements in here, but they're all over the shop. Like, let's yeah. do this, let's change this around. Yeah. So I think my advice to people with, you know, especially framing things up and using negative space and things like that, is just take that extra few minutes just to look at every element of your shot. So, you know, whether or not it's the tree behind me here, and the sun over there, or whether or not it's the stairs, like just look at all the elements that are, that caught your eye originally to take the photo, and try and think about okay, if I make this photo, are they going to see the elements the same way I saw them before they took the shot, or am I just going to make it a mess and you know not make any sense of it? So take your time and suss everything out. And the other one that um, I, I like to teach people as well is the outside of your frame. So many people have these things poking in from the side or things touching down the bottom or whatever. Um, you know, just take your time. And I think two people are too rushed. They just want to get the shot and go back and fix it later. But if you take your time, do a bit of a checklist of what to look for. Um, it just saves you heaps of time later and it makes you a better photographer at the at the moment as well. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And not just at that point, but also going forward, if you start mm. to, you know, <laughs> it's funny, don't, don't shoot how I do. Take your time. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's think. You're running around, running around like a maniac like you do. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, that's just different. So um, we, we're sort of, we're talking about rules and rules you can break, but rules that you might not have heard of before. Yeah. Um, and, and another one is uh, grouping of objects as well. And that can come about, like in your scenario behind you, when you're in a forest, there might be a group of king billies, for example, or there might be a group yep. of a particular species of tree that you want to photograph. Moving your angle to get them to be grouped closer together can quite yep. often really assist the composition. Um, yeah. We talked just now about negative space, but negative space when it's not on purpose is really obvious. Yeah. Really obvious. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, yeah. where you should have just change your angle again, just sneak across 10 degrees and just bring yeah. that gap between your trees closer together. So you don't have yeah. the horrible blown out overexposed sky. You've got actual, you know, trees. If we're talking yeah. about those, or it could be, I don't know, windmills. It could be anything, anything in the scene mm. that you're trying to, you know, group to you. It could be a mountain range where you're getting yeah. the layering, you know, that might mean literally driving to a different spot where you can see it because it yeah. might take more than just stepping a few paces. So that can yeah. make a big uh, difference to the grouping of your subjects as well. And again, that just comes back to my previous point. Just have a look at the photo you're taking. Like yeah. I think so many people just don't actually look at, they go, oh, that's a nice scene. I'll snap that. But they don't actually look at what they're, they're framing up or what they're trying to snap. So you're hundred percent right. Like try to get that extra bit of effort into the shots you're doing to to group things up or, or whatever it might be um, can make the huge difference between your shot being a nice shot or a really, really good shot. So, yeah. Um, while, you was, while you were speaking, I looked up the uh, the golden ratio or the golden circle. Right, and, yeah. And you're That's right. It, it, does relate, it does relate to the Fibonacci swirl. Right, uh, yeah. And apparently the divine ratio, have you heard of this before? The what? The, Divine ratio in an image is 1.618 to 1. <laughs> Seriously. Thanks, Google. Who who who, who spends that much bloody time thinking shit? So 1.618 1. 1. to 1. What does that even mean? Uh, the know. golden ratio is a guide where to place a subject, a tree, person, building, or element in a photo. 
like the horizon where it will be most pleasing to the eye. Oh, okay. So like the horizon. So example would be, so if my horizon was right in the middle, that'd be one to one. They're talking about 1.618. So basically one and two thirds up your my head's my head's hurting. I know. Anyway, that's a and, but the I'd thing is, you, you, the thing the is, you go you go to these photo competitions that are run I by know. the the royalty of photography, and they'll I sit know. there and they'll go, "Oh, it's not one point two three five six eight four of us." <laughs> like, get a grip! Like yeah. people just, yeah, it's yeah. that's weird. The, the the other the other rule that you know I hear a lot, and it really is by people who don't know, so people who are a little bit naive to photography, and that is get a better camera. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> all all things are fixed if you get a better camera. Well, that oh, of course. So you subscribe to that rule, Cam? Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'm right, only yeah. I'm I'm only a decent <laughs> photographer because I've just spent lots of money on heaps of cameras over the years. Exactly. No, no, yeah. and that, and isn't it isn't it all photographers' uh, biggest gripe is when someone looks at their photo and they say, "You must have a great camera." Yeah, that that annoys me. But oh, having, annoys. Having... My God, it's like fingers down a chalkboard. Having said that, there's a lot of people who have really nice cameras who think that's just how it, that's why they mm-hmm. got to be good. So yeah. I think it works both ways. I think um, that people will go, oh, you must take really nice photos. You must have a really good camera. They can get stuffed, those people. But then there's other people that go, well, these photos are great because I've got the latest and greatest of everything. Yeah. And it's like, no, they're not. It's no. all to do. It's all to do with the driver behind it. So it is the um, archer, not the arrow. I'd I'd love to do a like a little bit of a test one day is just go buy go buy the shittest oldest camera I can possibly find. Oh, I've been wanting and, to do this for ages. And give someone maybe my Leica here, which is a very expensive camera, and say, right, let's go to the same spot and let's take six photos and see which ones come out best. Yeah. Um they might win, they might not, but it makes no difference what your camera is. So if anyone listening who goes, well, my mate at the camera club said I if I want to get better, I've got to buy the newest Canon, Nikon, Leica, Olympus, whatever it might be. Tell your mate from the camera club to get a grip. He's probably they're he he or she is probably not good at photography anyway if they're offering that kind of advice. And just get to use and understand the camera that you have. That's the main thing. So I was um, rummaging through uh, boxes of old cameras because people like to give me cameras, um, which is very nice of them. I don't have your camera once. Thank you. And it's sitting right here on the desk. I appreciate it. Should we show it just one more time? It's been the star yeah. of the show many times, but you haven't is... sold it yet. <laughs> that thing is not good. You yeah. know, I've got four of these now. Four K one thousand. You're a Pentax whore. I'm a Pentax K one thousand. Absolutely. Mm. Um, so I was I was rummaging through old cameras because I had a friend of mine who's wanted to borrow a big zoom compact camera. And I, anyway, and then I realized that someone had given me a basically brand new Nikon D70 inbox with their amazing 18 to 70 ED lens, just gave it to me. Didn't want any more, couldn't be bothered with it. The thing takes CF cards and it's got a battery that I've got to replace because that won't work anymore. That might be the one that I use in my camera comparison when we do that eventually. That would be, because the D70 was a bit of a groundbreaker when that came out about 15 years ago. Um, it was the first sort of, you know, relatively affordable digital SLR uh, after the D100 came along. So yeah. Was that the the last, the last thing that Nikon did that had some sort of relevancy? Tell you what, it's built like a brick shithouse. It's a, (laughs) it it is a strong, you can feel it. It's a tough little cookie. Isn't that funny? The new cameras today versus the old cameras. Like I pick up the old cameras. I'm like, yeah, this is a camera. And you pick up the new yeah. ones. Like, oh, it's like an iPhone with a lens on the front. <laughs> Some of them, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's it's different. So yeah. So yeah. Um, anyway, look, that, that's 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 a that's a brief sort of overview mm. on. Unless you've got any more rules that you want to talk about, Mister Blake. Nah, uh, not off the top of my head. Like, I think the rule of thirds, shooting in the sun. Um, another rule is um, don't shoot any higher than like f11. Or F eight. Yeah. I hear that. I hear that a lot these days. It's like, you know, they're like, "What? What are you shooting on this scene, Camel? I'm shooting at f sixteen, focusing about a third of the way in, trying to get that nice big depth of field. Oh, but I was told you don't shoot above f eight. I'm like, well, that's not exactly true. I don't think. No. Um, and I think with the new lenses and new sensors and everything else that goes with editing and stuff like that, diffraction and refraction and all that kind of jizz that goes with it. Um, I don't think it's an issue. So. Um, 
I don't. It's certainly think, not as big an issue as it used to be. No, that's right. Exactly right. And I think yeah. another that's another one. And I think a lot of these rules we're talking about come out from people just talking photography and clubs and online and stuff like that. And that stupid bloody thing, YouTube, that everyone goes and looks at. I don't know why people spend time on YouTube. It's a waste of time. Present company included. Um, but you know what I mean? Like that people just go. There's, there's that was a, very a, meta of you. I like well, it. There is a, a wealth of information. Like there is just so much information these days. And I think that that should be one of the rules is don't go fishing for too much information. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's Cause right. Because you, you'll, you'll get lost. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, yeah, that some, some, um, yeah, some channels that you follow they bang on about the one thing all the time, and it's like, hang on, stop, you're wrong. You, you're yeah. wrong. no, that's not correct anymore. And it might yeah. have been at one point, so you can't blame them. But you know, things get updated and need to be corrected. Cam, well, there's, there's, a, there's, sorry, just, I was just going to say, there's another question please. for you. Yes, is, is are some of the rules like? Is it? A matter of people un- a misunderstanding what the rules will be, or is it some people actually think, "Oh, yeah, you definitely don't shoot in the sun." Like, oh no, is it- no, I think it purely comes down to what you said earlier, and that is people forget the different genres of photography and use it as yeah. a blanket rule for all photography. Yeah, because yeah, there's a guy who used to do a lot of Olympus reviews uh, out of Malaysia, um, and I, I like he was very entertaining and stuff like that. But I used to watch it. I'm like, what is this guy on about? Like. He complained about this or he complained about that or he'd say, don't do this or don't do that. And I'd be sitting there going, that, that's like 110% wrong. Like, what what are you yeah. trying to teach people? So is it people's interpretation or are people just, are we just at odds of what we do in photography? I don't know. It's it's a weird one. Oh, anyway. It's it's all fake anyway. news. Um, so, Cam, I, look, yes, I, we've, got to, we've got to talk about this. Um, all right. It's a therapy session for you, Cameron. So lay down on this couch. Right here. Now, I, want to, I want to talk about your compulsion for gear acquisition <laughs> syndrome. Uh, so right. you you do have gear acquisition syndrome. We know this. Um, I don't know if I do, but anyway, you're, you're, you're particularly the, you're the... particularly with new stuff. Um, mm, I have maybe. gear acquisition syndrome for old stuff, and that is that is. Well, I've got plenty of old stuff by, too. <laughs> that is backed up by the fact that I literally have a shed through that wall with boxes mm. of cameras in it. But that's another story. Cam, yes. please. Hold it up. Show us what arrived at your house today. I'm hoping it. I'm hoping it can. I might have. This to is. This is, doesn't translate very well for audio, but that's okay. No, no. We'll, I'm going to. I'm going. No, I don't think it's going to blur out. Let me just turn my background off. You're going to see all the background shit. I can blur it, can't I? Well, there you go. You got a blurred background. All right. Can that just... work? Oh, oh it's that. blurring it. Oh, oh, we go. Look, look at, at that. Look at that. So um, would you like to tell our viewing and listening audience what you are holding? No, I wouldn't actually, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the brand new 150 to 400 Olympus. It's Olympus lens, um, F4.5, absolute uh, beast, amazing beast of a camera. So it's a 150 to 400, which in normal terms is a 300 to 800 4.5. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also has a built-in 1.2 converter, I think, 1.25 converter. No, 1.2. 1.2, wow. You can flip it over there. Oh, um, this This lens hood, it looks like it's in witness protection, doesn't it? <laughs> it, does. uh, it probably uh, needs this, to be. <laughs> this lens hood will pop around so it gets really big. But uh, that came through today. Look, I'm actually hanging, holding on with this one hand. That's how light it is. Yes. Um, and I want to thank uh, our good friends at DigiDirect for giving me this lens for free. No, they didn't. Amazing. <laughs> as if as if they would. Um, no, I want to thank uh, our good friend Mark at DigiDirect. He gave me a pretty good damn deal on this lens. But I'd also like to criticise him at the same time because um, <laughs> he told me he told me the wait time was going to be about six months, and it rocked up at about three weeks. So mm. I had to scramble scramble my little poor bum. <laughs> to come up, come up with enough funds to buy this bloody lens, so yeah. I've departed with a a Hasselblad five on a five hundred cm and two lenses kit, and <laughs> I've got rid of a, a couple of Leica lenses to grab this lens. So yeah. I'm really excited. Um, we're heading down to Bruni Island this weekend, uh, which has lots of cool stuff. We are doing a boat trip though, and I'm a bit nervous about taking this brand new lens out on a boat trip. Because uh, there's whales jumping and dolphins and seals everywhere down where we're going. You're, in, you're insured. Come on, man. 
Just take it. Out uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to make sure it's insured. I, don't, I, I think it's on there. I haven't put it on there yet. But, um, so yeah, it came through today, and I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, and I gave it a bit of a, a whirl around the neighborhood. <laughs> it was quite funny. I was on my front porch. I'm like, oh, I'll test this out, and I'm shooting around. And I didn't even think about it. The kids are all playing on the oval down at the school, and I'm shooting around, shooting around. This lady, <laughs> this lady walks past my house and looks up the porch, and you can hear all the kids yelling and you know, having their yeah. fun at lunchtime. I'm like, oh no, I'm not. I'm definitely not taking photos of children. It's okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm taking photos of things away from there. So That's I had right. to. Um, yeah, you got to yeah, be careful, so don't you? You do. But uh, I'm really excited about using it. Um, it's uh, it's it's a lens that it's it's funny you say it's a new toy, which it is, but. It's actually sparked my interest in a new sort of genre of photography I'd like to give a bit of a crack at, which is wildlife photography. Um, yeah. I've seen, I've got a couple of really amazing customers who have this lens as well. Uh, David, if you're listening, uh, he let me use it in the Flinders Ranges a fair bit. Uh, and Rhonda, who I know listens to this show, who waited seven months for her lens, um, she's using it for her wildlife and she's going on a trip to the Northern Hemisphere soon as well. But it's at the, the quality I've seen out of this lens has made me think maybe there's a, some really cool animals and really cool birds down here in Tassie and wildlife. I wouldn't mind giving it a bit of a go. Um, and no, people are going to say to me, Oh, you're, you're such a wanker because you've just dropped a lot of money to give it a go. But <laughs> I think it's also, I'm, I'm a big person with gear. Like I buy gear that I know is going to hold its value. Um, so I know that, you know, a couple of years time, if I'm not enjoying this anymore, I want to move it on. I'm going to get my money back most likely yeah definitely. so it's a it's a bit of an investment as well so yeah um so yeah i'm excited to use it and um maybe next week i can show off some photos uh of the lens just before it got dropped into the southern ocean yeah <laughs> <laughs> please please don't that'd be a travesty for all of us not just you that I would be cringe a lot um and- but yeah it's it's cool i'm liking it um I, it i'll put really it through cool. its paces and um yeah, and if you if you people are coming on any of the OM days, I've just released some OM days for uh, Springbrook uh, National Park out of Brisbane or Gold Coast uh, next year. In this time next year, actually, so a long way away. But I'll have that lens with me most likely. So if someone wants to try it out, you're more than welcome. Um, and if you come on any of my workshops or our workshops, Brendan, I'll bring it along, and people can have Ooh. a bit of a play if they want. Um, well, I might just I might don't get my a, hands on it. Don't be offended if I'm breathing down your neck as you're using it. How, how um, hilarious is that lens going to look on my OM5? Well, it would look pretty funny, but I tell you what, it might be it might be just what you want. Oh, exactly. I might have to ask Santa for one. Yeah. That's no, the only no, way I'll um, get one, by the way. Yeah, look, um, Lisa wasn't too happy when the – and the thing is, like, it's it's about that big, right? How big do you think the bloody box for it is? Oh, uh, Yeah. It's Huge. like stupid. Like, yeah. So this box yeah. rocked up today, and Lisa's like, "What's in that? Like a TV or something?" I'm like, "Just, just another <laughs> lens. Don't worry about yeah. it. It's just a lens." That's right. It's all about the tools of the trade, Cameron. Well, she just she does what she normally does and just turned her head and walked off. Yep. Tools of the trade. We need them. You, you know. You know what? I'm not allowed to buy. I'm allowed to buy that, but I'm not allowed to buy the Titanic Lego set, Cameron. That apparently that's where the lines draw. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm kind of with Lisa on that. Oh, come on. <laughs> Lego's awesome. Speaking they should make some Titanic, Lego cameras. Yeah, spe- they should. They probably do. Um, where's my Lego camera guy? Here you go. They do, see? There he is. I've got my oh, there he is. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean like like a like make a series of Nikon. That, and Canon that could and be Leica's. that could be you or me, really, couldn't it? Uh his beard's too black for us, I think. They're true. That's it. That's my little Lego mascot. Um yeah. see, speaking of camera. Titanic, you said. Yeah, speaking of Titanic, James Cameron in particular, who made mm-hmm. Titanic back in the nineties. Yeah. Before we came on air, <clears throat> I was um in the in the lounge with my daughter, and my daughter loves Avatar. And yep. she was watching Avatar The Way of Water. Um oh, yes. Is that the that's the new one, isn't it? The newer one, yeah. I yeah. How did they make that film? The the the, the imagery in that film. Nothing to do with mm. photography, but it, yes, well, it has. But yeah, mind blowing where we're it at. Is, with it is pretty good. With I mean, could you imagine taking that film back to Star Wars days in the late seventies and showing people that they would, <laughs> they would pass out. They would, they would pee in their pants, wouldn't they? Yes, dear Cam. Yes, we love dear Cam. Well, it's, have you dear, read the dear Cam's Cam? having a good run? Yeah, well, I have. have. You've read it, okay? I'm, I have, and I'm happy to happy to roll with it. So there's um, like a like a pre, pre precursor to that. Yeah, yeah. Well, because we were talking uh, last week about a certain uh, YouTuber that has now 
uh, facing the wrath of Parks and Wildlife Tasmania um, for doing things that they probably shouldn't have been doing in national parks, in particular in Tasmania. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a, a, a slew of questions about uh, what you can and can't do. Uh, the first thing I would say is check your local area people. Yes. Like we've got people living all over the, listening to us all over the world. National mm. parks all over the world have different jurisdictions and different um, yep. different rules and regulations. So by all means, take everything we say with a grain of salt, but check your local area. Um, yep. Because one point that that YouTuber made was they're all different everywhere around the world. How are we supposed to keep up? That's really no excuse, is it? But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> yeah, no. So yeah, we had a few people ask about that. And I, I would echo your thoughts there, Brendan, is that we are by no means uh, any legal experts in no. licensing and commercial licensing. Uh, our advice mm-hmm. would be to make sure that you um, that you actually go and read the fine print or even just I, I, in my experience when I've got my commercial licenses for where I've been and stuff, it's very easy just to ring them up and say, hey, look, I'm looking to do this or I've done this. What, what do I need to do? They're very helpful. Yeah, uh, They're generally very straightforward. So, um, obviously, well, yeah, like we said, the, the YouTuber made a few mistakes. Um, yeah. One of his biggest mistakes was ignoring the chance to communicate with Taz Parks and yes. fix this issue before it became a bigger issue. But Wonderful. my advice in that is, yeah, read, read the park policies. If you're not sure, just ring them up. Yep, that's their job. And so. we will, I'll touch on another point once we get through this, dear Cam. Dear Cam, uh, la, do we have a name for this? Anyway. Yeah, I'll put it um, on as you're speaking. Thank you. Last year, I produced a local calendar for my town. It was a fundraiser, fundraiser type for local bird life and lakes, etc. cetera. Uh, there was no profit taken, just donated the proceeds to the local CFA. Nice work. Mm. Um, but your episode has made me ponder, should I have sought any license for it? They are all public spaces, nothing under parks guidelines, I would have thought, but I ask all the same. Andrew mm. Connor, not Andrew Cooper, Andrew Connor. And I apologize, Andrew, for um, calling it's you Andrew enough. Cooper it's not good a few enough, weeks Brendan. ago. I know. It's not good I know. enough. I know. This, I know. This is, this and, is... and you know what? The first, the first step of fixing a problem is admitting you've got one, and I have one. So there we are. <laughs> That's yeah, I, I'll apologise on his behalf as well, Andrew. Yeah, um, anyway. So, yeah, it, it did. It opened up a lot of questions from people about what they can and can't do. And, again, <laughs> with this one, um, if it's not for a commercial gain, which I, this one was a fundraiser for, you know, no profit taken, all donated to the local CSA, CFA, I think if there's no money being made out of it or no commercial gain out of it, um, then I think you're okay. But the other thing he puts in there about public spaces, for example, this YouTuber in Tassie, anything that's crown land is is considered crown land. You need a license to to make commercial money off it. So, um, so yeah, I, I would suggest you probably be okay with this one. But um, again, you you just need to check. So wherever you live, it, it's, for anyone listening, it wouldn't hurt just to give your local parks office a call or get online and just say, hey, look, if I am going to do stuff. Am I covered or do I have to worry about that? And, you know, I, I personally wouldn't be too too stressed about, you know, if you take one photo and your mate next door says, oh, that look good on my wall, I'll get Brendan to print it. Yeah. That kind of stuff I don't think is going to rattle the cage too much. But if you're consistently going in and making calendars or consistently going in and doing books and selling prints at a market that's done on you know park land and you're openly sharing that or, or showing it's for sale, that's where you're going to have to, step up and probably and sign a few documents and say, this is what I'm doing. So yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's a tricky one, but it's an interesting one that we have to talk about. It is a tricky one. And I think at the heart of it though, is good stuff. And that is yep. parks services across the country are there to support the area that they are protecting. They are there. Yep. These rules were put in place so that it's not a free for all. So that it's yep. not, you know, the the YouTuber in question who we're talking about um, said that, you know, he, he's he's up in arms about this, that he's been called out. And or, this is the same person that would complain a lot more if the joint was trashed by every man and his dog going mm. in there as a free-for-all. And yes, yeah, right. it, is, it is to stop big production companies going in there and making a mess and 
trampling plants and 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 and, and disturbing wildlife and all that sort of stuff. At the heart yeah. of it, that's what it's for. That's a good thing. Okay, so look, yeah. we shouldn't we shouldn't lose you know lose that. We shouldn't lose sight of that because yeah. you know at the end of the day, these these places these these um, organisations are there to look after the very thing that we all want protected. That's right, and. And you, that's the thing. You can't have your cake and eat it. And um, because, you know, it, it annoys me. I, I know for a fact down here that there's people running workshops. I know there's people that make money off selling prints that have lots of shots and promoting them that have all been taken in national parks down here. And I can guarantee they don't have licenses or had any interaction with parks about doing that. But they're also the same people that will, will jump up in, in arms when, you know, they see you know, like a, a tourist getting lost and a helicopter needs to come in and save yeah. them. You yeah. know, they should they should have to sign something to say they go in the park or they shouldn't be out there. They shouldn't be this or shouldn't do that. So um, it's got to be fair and equitable for everyone, regardless if you're a photographer or a hiker or just a normal visitor. There's rules and regulations that apply to all of us. Um, and, and and down here, in, like I can only speak of Tassie, there, there is people blatantly breaking those rules. Um, and as I, I actually sent a message to that YouTuber we we're talking about, and I mentioned that, you know what, there's a fair chance that someone in Tasmania, one of these people who have said, well, that's not fair. He's he's making money off his YouTube and getting really popular and getting lots of followers by flying a drone in the park. But in the same instance, they're out selling prints of yeah. pictures from in the park. So yeah, um, it's a funny one. And, you know, there's, there's books down here that I've seen. Um, there's an, an Aurora book that's out that people have all contributed to that's making quite a bit of money. I'd imagine uh, there's multiple photographers in there and multiple shots from in the parks, you know, do they all have licenses? Who knows? Um, yeah. It's, it's an interesting one. I, I've been, you know, encouraged to ha- t- take up a conversation with parks and ask a few questions, but I'm staying well out of it. Um, yeah. I know I'm covered and I know I'm doing the right thing and I've, I've learnt in a hard way, but I've learnt that, you know, it's no point anymore. Yeah. That's right. Any and, and I know it's tough because this person feels like a bit of a scapegoat, uh, feels yep. like he's been made an example of, but in the long run, it's a good thing because, yep. you know, it, it gets noticed, it gets traction. Um, I'm sure the media are going to pick up on this um, because well, it's a divisive yeah. issue and you know how much the media loves to divide. Yep. So. Well, he's 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 pushing for a meeting with the state premier here, who's also the minister of tourism. Old Rocky, um, old Rocky. Yeah, look, again, I, I'm gonna, I'm staying well out of it. Um, <laughs> it's hard um, to stay I, out of it, isn't it? It's hard because we we have we have opinions, and yeah, I, truly, honestly, I can see both sides of the argument plain as day. Yep. I really can. Yep. So it is hard to to sort of plant your flag, but if I'm going to plant a flag anywhere. It will be on the side of Parks Tasmania. Yeah. Um, I see completely where they're coming from. And this is the point I wanted to make. And that is, I believe, as this YouTuber made the point today, that some of their rules and guidelines need updating. I, I, I yep. You know, we we updated it with the it, with the invention of photography. Rules had to change. Mm. We updated mm. it with the invention of audio recordings, with YouTube. It needs to be updated. Um, yeah. Because he's right in what he says. He he's not a massive production. He's a crea- content creator, and yeah. more more power to him. I, I I actually watched a couple of his videos the other day. They're bloody entertaining. They're great. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed he the way he does it. But yeah. Unfortunately, but the th- the thing is though with that as well, um, you know he's he's got about fifty thousand followers on YouTube, which isn't oh that's a great it's heaps more than us. Fantastic and in the scheme of things, in scheme of things, in regards to YouTube people, that's not huge. But his audience is big and everyone comes down on the back of these, you know, endorsements about Tasmania and go, oh, I'll come and do this or I'll come and do that. And it, it becomes an issue then. So, you know, you don't just have one person, me or him or whoever, doing these things and sharing them to the world. You've got multiple people coming down and just breaking, breaching rules. So, yeah, I'm on the side of parks. Um, and it's not like I've got nothing against the guy that runs the YouTube channel. I'm, I'm with you. I think he does a great job. But um, I've got to put my my little sensible hat on here and say, you know what? If it's if I've got to do it, so does everyone else, and that's yeah, just and fair and equitable. Completely agree. And and I'd like to see 
some kind of resolution reached. And unfortunately, I think that just means old mate eating a massive poo sandwich because he made it for himself. But yeah. that's what's that's probably what's going to happen in the short term. And then hopefully things will calm down and he can continue to create fantastic content, but do it legally. Yeah. Um, how are we going for time, Mr. Blake? Uh, I don't know because I don't record my audio anymore. They had the time on it. But right. I reckon we're getting pretty close to 50 minutes yeah, or so. Okay. So maybe we'll... we'll I, we don't, we don't want to pull people to sleep over sixty minutes. I'm going to hold hold off my horror story till next okay. week. So right. look forward so look forward to that. We'll get some um, more popcorn. Yes, uh, beer donations for the week, please, Mr. Blake. If you would like to donate us a beer, head to dsps.com.au. Mm. Uh, a big <laughs> I said that too quick, and yet <laughs> you did. Uh, thank you to Francis W. who bought us a slab. Whoa, oh, that's amazing! And another guy, Mel H. He must be new to the show. I haven't yeah, seen him no, donate before, but thank you, Mel, yeah. for your donation as well. And thanks for your text messages during the week, Mel. Uh, would you believe I'm actually, hey, Mel, how are you going? I'm actually getting text messages from him now yeah. about the new macro so workshops that he, I put he, out there. He is such a fanboy that he even knows when we record. <laughs> yeah, and he's just trying to distract me. So as, as I'm talking, Mel, I'm also answering your messages. But anyway, you go. Nice. moving on. Uh, what about, what's, what do you got coming up, Brendan? I'm going to ask you. <laughs> Well, I still haven't got up to the waterfalls. Um, as I say, I've been, I know it's tough uh, with weather and illness uh, stopping me. So again, this week I'm optimistic of getting up there so I can have a brand new shiny background for next week. Um, but business as usual, um, lots of business going on. Um, yeah. Lots of, uh, I've got a entry level workshop next week, um, nice. which I think might have two places. So if you're in the local area and want to do the entry-level workshop, which mm. is hands down my most popular workshop, um, I think seven or 800 people have done that workshop with me over the journey, um, yep. which sounds like a lot, but it's only 80 a year. So it's not that many really. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, and Cam, what do you got? Oh, Bruni Island. Yeah, we're off to Bruni Island tomorrow with uh, Jamie, uh, our, our sidekick Jamie. He's coming along to help me as well. Well, we're actually co-hosting and he's not helping. Well, he better be helping. Better do something. Um, based You're on his shopping, that, based on what we've shopped for today, he's bought M&Ms and, and, and V drinks. So I don't think he's thinking of doing much. That's that's a um, good food pyramid right there. That is, isn't it? So yeah, I've got Bruni Island. And then next week when I get back, I'm off to Flinders Island with uh, a good friend of the show, Tom Putt, and ah. another good friend of the show, Ian Wallace. Um, yep. Ian's a lovely gentleman down here in Hobart, great photographer and publisher. He's He published our book. Yep. Uh, we're, we're having a bit of a bromance uh, trip to Flinders Island. No real reason apart from just debrief for three days or so. And going to shoot and, Flinders. Why not? And shoot Flinders. And then I'm off to the Tarkine after that. So busy, busy couple of weeks. Brilliant. But I, I, we might have to record from Flinders Island in a shack okay. with two other people in the background. As long as TP doesn't crash it, yeah, you you know he's going to. Rumor rumor has it he drinks like a bit of a pansy, so he'd be in bed by eight o'clock. Um, can can we make a small announcement? Okay, what is that, it that it is now official that both of us will be at BFOP this year? Oh, you are coming! It's official. It is. Hey. It, is it is official. Uh, I will right. be there. Some right. some lovely person offered me up some accommodation. So how could I possibly say no? Yeah, uh, was that TP in his van? It was. It was Mel in Myrtleford, just down the road. All <laughs> oh, right. So you're not staying with me? That was a joke, Cameron. All oh, right. Okay. It's you I'm talking about. Oh right. Mel. Mel. Mel's just sent me another message saying, "Can I call you?" I'm like, no, recording a podcast. Um, beef off would be beef off would be cool. Um, yes. We have an idea. I've, I've floated the idea, and we'll, we'll share it now. But I floated the idea that on the shenanigans on Saturday night that we have, there's another podcast that people may or may not know. They don't rate very well, but they're they're out there. Yeah. Um, but they they want to have a bit of a debate on stage. So I've come up with the ingenious name that we call it the masturbate, oh, and uh, and we get the people in the in the crowd to ask us some questions. So if you're coming to BFOP, uh, you may or may not see us all debate something photography wise on stage. Uh, but awesome. I'll, I'll be wrapped to see you there and uh, we'll have a yep. lot of fun. I, I will be loitering uh, is what I'll be doing. Uh, I want I want to see what this BFOP thing's all about. Um, yeah. I've, I've, I've been sucked into it, into its vortex. I can't ex I can't escape it. It's like a black hole. Uh, mm. So we'll, we will see what goes on at BFOP. Looking forward to that. That'll awesome. Be, that's in that... October. <laughs> yeah, October. <laughs> Glad yeah. you know what it is. <laughs> yeah. Sometime. Yeah. Be good. No, no. Awesome. 
Sounds good. And last but not least, uh, would you like to plug the Great Ocean Road workshop? Uh, yes, quickly, we have a Great Ocean Road workshop that it's getting a lot of interest. A um, few little bookings coming here and there. Uh, like May next year, May 26th to 30th next year, four days, four nights, five days. Uh, we're placing ourselves at Apollo Bay um, and we're going to explore the wonders that is Brendan's backyard. So if you're keen, yes. jump on to dsps.com.au and you'll find it there. And we'll Look see you in May if not beforehand. If not at BFOP and if not at whatever. Um, and as per usual, if you've got any questions for the show or you'd like to just comment about what a terrible job we're doing, by all means, hit <laughs> us up in the comments below. Go to our Facebook page. You know where to find us. Don't forget to enter the competition for August. Exactly. So I think we have another two weeks for you to get your colour images in. Mm. All right. Mm. I think that's been about 60 minutes, mate. Great. How's that? See? Padded it out perfectly. Yeah. This That's has it. been <laughs> I had to look the, back at what episode this, we're up to get. This has been the worst conclusion of any episode <laughs> right. of all time. See now <laughs> I can't I can't stop and restart it now because we're <laughs> it's the end. Uh, you have been listening to episode 91 of the Down South Photo Show. We will see you for episode 92 next week. Bye for now. We shall see you next week. Okay, bye.